from the 12. That works out wide, one-on-one. Clement flares out to the right. Caught over the middle and into the end zone. Zach Ertz for the touchdown. The offense is running through me right now. Episode of Take the Lead. It is me, the one and only John Halloran. Come this episode by myself today. Ryan couldn't make it. He has work, but I still want to bring you guys an episode. And you already know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna plug the social media. Even you guys don't follow it, but it's okay. The Instagram is John Halloran15. Twitter's underbar John underbar O'Halloran. If you guys want to follow the social media, <clears throat> it's TTL on both Instagram and Twitter. If you guys want to follow it, but guess what? You guys don't have to because you don't anyways. But it's okay. But anyways, let's jump into this uh, podcast. And the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, more news came out with the uh, Ime Adoke uh, situation. Our Ime Adoka, I always mess up his name. So a report came out saying he used crude language in a dialogue with a female prior to the start with the with the uh, the uh, improper relationship. Um, so the independent law firm, uh, probing to the Boston Celtics coach Ime Adoka, found that he used crude language in a dialogue with a female prior to the start of the improper workplace relationship with a woman, an element that specifically factored into his suspension. So the, these investigations findings which described uh, verdage uh, on his part that uh, was deemed uh, concerning coming from a workplace superior uh, to what likely is a uh, different uh, pathway back to his restatement as a coach for the Celtics coach in 2023. Um, at a news conference last week, Celtics uh, owner Way uh, Grosbeck said uh, that the suspension extends through June 30th, 2023, was a product of multiple violations of team policies. And sources told ESPN the Celtics won't stand in his way should be uh, have the chance to become a uh, coaching candidate elsewhere. Um, known as first season, led the Celtics to the finals, uh, where they lost to the Warriors, obviously. Um, you know, this... No, I said it last week on the podcast that I saw a video of Matt Barnes saying there's more coming to it and it's going to get worse. And I think this is what Matt Barnes was Matt Barnes was talking about. And maybe there's more that's going to come out. Um, but this is a shitty, this is a suck, a shitty situation. He just led this team to the finals. He got this team going because at one point I believe the Celtics were, I think they were like 18 and 24, 18 25 at one point or something like that, or like 18 and 23 or something like that. And he turned around, got this team going, got this team to the finals, and you know this comes out, and you know this team played so well around him, and for this to happen, it's crazy. And uh, to be honest, you no, know, I've read that thing where it said the Celtics won't stand in his way if he becomes a coach again. I don't really think that you're going to see him become a coach again because how can someone bring him in and trust him that he's not going to do this again? 
Um, no, it's it's unfortunate. I know because this Celtics come into the season were favorites to go back to the finals. Now this happens, and I hope with this happening, it doesn't mess with the Celtics because these players loved him. These players loved uh, that he was the head coach. Now this happens. I hope this whole situation doesn't mess with the Celtics and doesn't, you know, tear this team apart. Um, no, the Celtics have strong faith in uh, Joe uh, Maz Mazula. I know he's well regarded into the Celtics organization and counts on Stevens among his most sufficient supporters. He was a finalist for the Utah Jazz, but uh, head coaching uh, job over the summer. But that went to Celtics assistant um, Will Hardy. But you know this, it's it's a it's not a good situation. Uh, no, on Ime Doka's part. Um, you know, we we just gotta see where it goes from here, and we gotta see how well the Celtics are gonna be able to play without him. Um, no, it's just, you know, it sucks. Uh, no, the Celtics wouldn't confirm the nature of the violation, but Stevens, a team president of Maxwell Operations, became emotional with describing the number of women employees by the Celtics who were targeted uh, by unfollowed uh, social media rumored allegations. Unfounded social media, my bad. No, it's just, it's just not a good situation. And I, like I said, I don't think we're going to see him back in the NBA. Um, now hopefully, you know, he gets one more chance for the Celtics because like I said, he, he led this team to the finals in his first year as head coach. And, uh, now for this to happen, it's, you know, we're going to have to see, you know, where the Celtics go from here. Are they going to keep Joe, uh, Mazula as the head coach or are they going to bring back, uh, Ime Doke next season or are they going to go out and get a new coach? Um, but that's not the only Celtics news. Uh, the Celtics signed Blake Griffin to a one-year deal, um, he played with the Brooklyn Nets last season, shooting up in 56 contests, including 24 starts. He averaged a career low, 6.4 6 points, 4.1 rebounds, and 1.9 assists uh, per game. Uh, you know, across 12 NBA campaigns, he's a former number one pick in uh, 2009. He averages 19.8 points, 8.2 rebounds, and 4.1 assists per contest. Um, no, he re he remade his game uh, in recent seasons. He's become a steady veteran presence. Um, this is a good replacement for uh, the injury because uh, uh, Dalino uh, Grinelli, uh, before he tore his ACL playing uh, the Italian national team this summer. I mean, I, I don't mind it. You know, it's a good piece coming off the bench. Uh, I know years ago the Celtics were interested in Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, it's a decent part coming off the bench. And I, I was reading a lot of Celtics fans didn't like this uh, signing, but I think this is the type of player you need to come off the bench to help... Uh, to obviously help you bench because one of the main reasons why the Celtics lost to the Warriors in the finals is their bench wasn't good enough to be able to keep up and uh, to keep up. Uh, no, the bench was a huge disappointment in the finals, and I think having Blake Griffin coming off the bench is going to be huge. But uh, yeah, at the same time, I wouldn't mind it coming around Anthony, but Blake Griffin no, is not a bad veteran piece coming off the bench uh, either. Also, uh, Russell Westbrook came out and said he's uh, in a, uh, came out and said I don't uh, need to feel wanted by the Lakers. He said I don't uh, need to feel wanted by the Lakers. Uh, when asked if he uh, felt wanted by the franchise, I just need to do my job, whether I'm wanted or not. It doesn't really matter. He said I think the most important thing is that I show up for work and I do the job like I've always done. Be professional and go out and play my ass off and compete. 
Uh, so Lakers, in those rumors that they've probably been trying to trade Westbrook ahead of the, this upcoming season, but they have been unsuccessful, likely to the large part of the uh, $47 million, uh, owed to him in the final year of his contract. Um, you know, his first season with the Lakers last year, it was not good at all for him, uh, both at individual and team level. Uh, the Lakers floundered to a 33-49 record and missed a postseason while Westbrook so often struggled and saw him occasionally benched during the final stretch of the uh, closed games. Um, no, they went out and got um, Patrick Beverly, uh, who's one of his biggest uh, rivals, if you want to say, throughout uh, the careers. They also signed Dennis Schroeder. Uh, now, if Westbrook doesn't uh, remain on the roster to begin the season, the Lakers have reportedly given serious thought bringing in two-time uh, scoring champion off the bench. Despite not operating a reserve since Game 17, uh, Game 17 was rookie year, the 14-year veteran uh, will do whatever it takes to help the Lakers on the court. Uh, he says, I'm all in whatever it takes to, uh, for this team to win, Westbrook said. I'm preparing for whatever comes my way. Uh, I think this season, you know, Russell Westbrook is, uh, is going to have a bounce-back season. Uh, I think the biggest thing that, they, that he struggled with last year was you know, playing with uh, LeBron Anthony Davis. And I think coming to this season, I think he's going to um, have a bounce-back season. He's going to bust his ass off and he's going to play well. Uh, and I think what's even going to make it motivating even more is the fact that they brought back, they brought in Patrick Beverly, they signed Dennis Schroeder, and I think Russell Westbrook is looking at that and saying, "You really want to bring these two in because you don't trust me." I'm a former MVP. When I'm good, I'm one of the best point guards in the game. I'm going to show you guys I can get back to my old level, and I, I really hope he does, uh, because I like Russell. I like Russell Westbrook's game. I really do. But I think the biggest thing that he struggled with last year is, in my opinion, I know a lot of you probably disagree with me, is I think playing with LeBron James really factored into his play going down. And But I think this upcoming season he's going to bounce back. He's going to back to what he used to be. Like I said, because I think the biggest thing that really pissed him off is bringing um, Patrick Beverly and signing Dennis Schroeder. Because I don't think Russell Westbrook wants to come off the bench. He's not the type of player that's not, is, is not that... Uh, he's the type of player uh, is that does not want to come off the bench. There we go. I finally got it out. He's the type of guy that wants to start, and he deserves to start. And like I said, he's a former MVP. He's one of the best point guards in the game, in my opinion. I know a lot of you probably disagree with it. And you know, with the Lakers bringing these two players in, I think he's going to you know, bounce back, and he's going to have a great season. I think this Lakers team, if they can stay healthy, are title favorites. I know last year I said they were title favorites and they were opposite of that. They went 33 and 49. They were old. They were banged up. But I think coming to this season, I really think the Lakers are going to surprise people. And I also said the I, I I Ryan said that last week. He said the Lakers are not a playoff team. And I think he's absolutely crazy for saying that they're not a playoff team. I think this team will make the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make the NBA Finals, but I could see this team possibly, you know, making the second round. First or second round, um, but I just think that Russell Westbrook is going to come in and have an amazing season, and I think he's going to prove a lot of doubters wrong, and I think he's going to prove people that he deserves to be the starting uh, point guard for the Lakers. Also, there's a trade in the uh, the NBA just a few days ago. Uh, the Houston Rockets acquired. Um, Derek Favors, uh, Ty Jerome, uh, Mar uh, Marcis uh, uh, Harklins, uh, Theo um, 
Matt Adolin, that's who say his name, a 2026 second round pick and cash registrations from Oklahoma City Thunder Exchange for uh, David Anuaba, Sterling Brown, uh, Trey Burke, and uh, Marquise, Chris, uh, Marquise Chris. Uh, the Thunder gained two trade expectations and a deal drop uh, about $10 million under luxury uh, tax. ESPN Adrian Rosky reports. Additionally, the Rockets are reportedly receiving a second round pick. Uh, for taking on one million in the uh, salary deal, Oklahoma City previously acquired uh, Harkins uh, Harkless on uh, Tuesday from the Atlanta Hawks, but he was eligible to be dealt be again because he was acquired into the uh, disabled player uh, expectation um, from the uh, Chet uh, Holgram injury. The Rockets plan to waive Ty Jerome. Uh, sources told the Athletics Kelly uh, Iko the number the uh, number twenty four pick in two thousand nineteen uh, draft averaged eight point six points two point eight rebounds two point one uh, rebounds in eighty one games over the two seasons with the Thunder's uh, both teams have eighteen uh, guaranteed contracts after the uh, trade and uh, will need to cut uh, three to get down to uh, fifteen by October seventeenth all players involved in the deal are not on the last years of their contracts except for uh, Maldon and uh, Nuaba. Uh, who have team options next season, Mark adds. So Derek Favors was uh, averaged 5.3 points, 4.7 rebounds in 16.7 minutes in 39 games last season in uh, Oklahoma. He spent the majority of his career at the Utah Jazz, averaging 11.4 rebounds, 7.2 assists, and 1.3 blocks uh, part over 10 seasons. So if you guys really even care about that trade, there you go. I mean, I care less. Also, uh, the Hornets are signing Angelo Ball to a non-guaranteed uh, deal ahead of training camp. Um, so that was recorded, uh, according to Shames Karana. Ball will compete for a roster spot alongside his younger brother, Lamella Ball. Uh, Angelo has uh, been on the uh, fringe of the NBA for the uh, few years now. He's played in the G League with the uh, affiliates of both of the Oakland Sumi Thunder. Uh, has been training camp with the Hornets and the Pistons and has played in the Las Vegas Summer League with the Hornets thus far. However, he has not been able to earn an NBA contract. Um, during his time in the G League last season, he uh, averaged 4.6 points, 11, uh, 1.1 rebounds while shooting 36.1% uh, from the three-point three land. He had a few nice performances uh, here and there, but didn't show anything uh, to suggest that he deserves an uh, NBA opportunity. Um, no, I'm going to... I kind of hope he makes it. You know, both both his brothers are in the NBA, and uh, that would be really awesome if he does make it. Of course, that's not always a deciding factor to the league. Keeping your uh, star happy is more important than the uh, final few, few roster spots and the end of the bench. Uh, we've seen teams give contracts to uh, the relatives uh, who otherwise wouldn't be in the league. The New York Knicks signed J.R. Smith's brother, Chris uh, Smith, in 2013, while the Milwaukee Bucks currently employ Giannis at uh, Tuncombe's brother, Th uh, Theonis, uh in their G League affiliate trade from another uh, for his other brother Alex Summer. Um, no, I kind of hope he makes it. I really do because he's had so many chances to get to the NBA, and he just hasn't got it quite yet. Um, and to be honest, I I know this is probably not going to nice me to say he's probably the third. Obviously, you know, with him not being in the NBA, he's the third best brother. I would take. I'm obviously going to take um, Lamelo over Lonzo and uh, Leangelo at this point, but no, hopefully uh, Leangelo can get in the NBA, uh, be able to play with his brother. Um, no, I, I would really like to see him make it. I really would, but uh, he's not to work his ass off to get that opportunity.
Now, at the beginning, I didn't really like uh, these three of them. I, I didn't like these three brothers at first because of their father. Then I started watching their game, and I, I became a fan of uh, Lonzo and um, Lamelo. And I want to see what Lonzo uh, has to, uh, can bring to the table. Uh, bring to the table. We can offer to the uh, bring to the table. Um, so next, we're going to jump into some um, NFL news. Uh, some news for the. Um, Patriots tomorrow. Uh, Mac Jones won't play versus the Packers due to the angle, angle in, uh, injury he suffered last week against the Ravens. At first, I thought this was much worse. I, at first, I thought uh, the way he was in pain, I thought maybe he possibly could tore his uh, ACL, but the way he was moving, there was no way he could have tore his ACL. Um, so Brian Hoyer will start in the Week 4 matchup against the Packers tomorrow. He suffered an injury in the, uh, late in the fourth quarter against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he attended practice throughout the week, but didn't participate in any drills. His alignment was in, uh, initially considered a pretty severe high ankle sprain. So he's probably going to miss a few more games. And Ryan actually is going next uh, week to see them play against the Lions. So uh, I kind of feel bad that Ryan <laughs> spent money on these tickets and go see friggin' Brian Hoyer play quarterback. Uh, and see the Patriots probably fall to 1-4 to that point. So uh, New England's off to a 1-2 start with uh, Mac Jones in the center. Despite passing for 300, 321 yards against the Ravens, he also tossed three interceptions. Um, he's thrown just two interceptions, two touchdowns compared to five interceptions in his second campaign. So he's really... So last year, Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl, had a good rookie season. He's taken a huge step back this season. I mean, you can say his offense isn't really that good. I mean, his wide receivers are Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Um, I don't even know. Uh, Devontae Parker and um, Jacoby Myers. And uh, Hunter Henry, Jr. Smith. I mean, Hunter Henry, you barely have heard his name being called this year. They're trying to get you new Smith uh, features as much as they can. They signed Janu Smith to that huge contract uh, last uh, season or two seasons ago whatever you want to say now. Nelson Aguilar, I don't think, I mean, trust me, I, I'm an Eagles fan, so I know Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar is the number one wide receiver. I don't think Jacoby Myers is number one receiver. I don't think Kendrick Bourne is number one receiver. And I definitely don't think Devontae Parker at this point in his career is a number one receiver. And I think that's the biggest thing that is hurting Mac Jones this season is he just doesn't, he doesn't have a really good offense surrounded by him. But uh, anyways, back to Brian Hoyer. He's going to make his 40th career start Sunday. He appeared in 75 total games over 14 years in the league. That's crazy that Brian Hoyer has been in the league for 14 years. Um, you know, head coach Bill Belichick doesn't envision the uh, offensive strategy changing with since Pat Jones is going to be out. He said uh, too much, uh, not too much, he said, according to Mike Daniels of the Providence Journal. Brian has a lot of experience. Um, now, this is big um, for the Patriots, you know. Also, you no, know, it could be big for them because the uh, over the Packers. I mean, Packers their offense struggled last. I mean, the offense started very good against Tampa Bay last week. Then after that, uh, their offense it, it just it went nowhere. So this really could, this game can actually really go both ways. But no, I'm not going to do my picks now. I'm going to do that after I uh, talk more about football. But um. But Mac Jones's play this year has just been atrocious. It's been something I don't want to expect from a uh, no second-year uh, quarterback. Uh, no, he's just took a huge step back from what he was last year. Um, now hopefully he can uh, come back from injury, and hopefully no, he doesn't miss too many games because who knows what the Patriots will be by the time he comes back, especially if they fall to one and three tomorrow. 
you know, when you fall out of one and three, your season is, I mean, I'm not going to say if you fall to one and three, your season's pretty much over because there's plenty of teams that have gone one and three and they turn their season around. If I'm not mistaken, I think at uh, the year Aaron Rodgers said, just relax, the Packers might have been, uh, I think they were, I might be wrong, but they might have been one and three or something like that or one and two, whatever it was, just said relax. And they played the Eagles on Monday night and completely blew the Eagles out. But you know, if the Patriots fall to one and three, they're in a division right now where you got two teams out of three and one. And who knows how? Um, obviously, the Jets. I'm not, I'm not saying the Jets are going to be a team that's going to be fighting for a division. But you know, you got two teams right now in the Bills and Dol- Bills and Dolphins who are you know three and one. And uh, you know, you if you win tomorrow, obviously you're going to move up to two and two. You still got a good chance to stay in this div- to fight in this division, but you fall to one and three. Where do you go from there? I mean, that's gonna be a tough hill to climb for the Patriots to fall to one and three. But I mean, have not I'm not having Mac Jones tomorrow is gonna be huge. Uh, no, we just gotta see how Brian Horry can play against this. I uh, know this Packers team. Packers got a very good defense, so you know we're gonna see how Brian Horry can do tomorrow. Also, I'm sure we all saw the uh, Tua Tigilova, um situation on Thursday. Very, very scary what happened. Um, I'm just gonna. I think I so I don't have Amazon Prime, but I have a friend who told me that you can uh, stream the games on Twitch. So if you guys are listening to this point, when it comes to Thursday night football, and if you guys don't have Twitch. Uh, if you guys go to, I mean, Twitch, if you guys don't have Amazon Prime and don't feel like paying for Amazon Prime, you what you do is go to Google and type in, uh, I think he said type in uh, Twitch, uh, Twitch Prime TV, and you guys will get to watch a Thursday night game for free. So go to Twitch and type in uh, Google Twitch Prime TV, and you guys get to watch a game for free instead of uh, watching on Amazon Prime. But anyways, like I said, I didn't get to see the hit. I just missed it. Uh, I just missed a hit. Because uh, when I uh, tri- uh, put the game on, uh, there was, it was there at the uh, two-minute warning, and they were talking about his injury. And uh, so I was like, all right, what the hell happened? They didn't show it. I had to see it on Twitter, and it was um, it was a very, very scary situation. I joined you course is an ad but anyways guys again if you guys want to watch the games for free go to twitch prime tv that's all i got to type in on twitch and you guys can watch again for free Myers loads his ability to make adjustments at halftime to a rolling left with the grain and down he goes josh tupu and uh-oh. Well, and of course, the last thing the Dolphins wanted to see. I mean, last week, it looked for all the world. Everybody thought head injury, concussion, passed the protocol, came back second half, led him to a victory. It's, you think about the back, the ankle, but he gets thrown to the ground. Again, wrenching that back, which yeah. is the issue last week. Yeah. So they work on him. I'm very scary. Very scary situation. Uh, he was released from the hospital. He's he was released from the hospital. Um, two, he was stretched off the field in the second quarter. The uh, Thursday's twenty-five 
27-15 loss, sorry, lost the Cincinnati Bengals with head and neck injuries. A single caller was taken to a local hospital for further evaluation. He was conscious and had movement. Um, Dolphins head coach Mike Daniels said post-game that he has entered the correction protocol. Uh, the quarterback will undergo an MRI for, uh, for a test to show he has no uh, structural damage. Um, so his tours ahead uh, appeared to hit the turf after he took a sack from Bengals linebacker defenseman Josh uh, Tuopo. He also battled back in uh, ankle alignments this week. I've been listed as questionable for week four. So uh, he actually left briefly uh, over the win against the uh, Bills last Sunday. He had to be checked out for concussion after taking a big hit late in the second quarter after stumbling at uh, after he got to his feet. He returned to the contest following halftime. Mike Daniels said... Uh, Post-game Sunday that uh, Tugla's uh, back injury caused him to stumble. Um, no, the, the, the Dolphins going to be in trouble here because there was no way that's a back injury last week against Buffalo. That was a concussion. And you play him Thursday and he gets another concussion. And I guess there was a doctor who uh, said Tua could have gone back out and played against the Bills last week. This this is huge, you know. Uh, the players union addressed his injury. They said a player's health and safety is a core of the union's mission. Uh, the statement reads: Our concern tonight is for Tua, and we hope he full. Uh, we hope for a full and speedy recovery. Our uh, investigation is into the potential potential protocol violations ongoing. Um, it's it was very scary to see that happen, and uh, I really hope Tua is going to be okay. And uh, I just know he entered Thursday with 125 passing yards, eight touchdowns against two interceptions uh, through the first three games of the season. Uh, no, they're three and zero at that point. Uh, obviously, lost that game, fell to three and one. And I think the Dolphins know they they should be fined. They should get in trouble for this because I mean football is a dangerous sport. You get these players who get these concussions. You get these players who get these injuries, and now this happened to Tua. And it was scary to see the way he had his fingers, the way what he was doing with his fingers. That was scary. And the Dolphins are lucky that nothing even worse happened to Tua. I mean, there's no way that was a back injury last week. That was a concussion. And the fact that it was a back injury, scary situation, a very scary situation. I really hope that no Tua is obviously, no, he did leave the hospital, but... I hope he's going to be okay, and I hope this is not going to affect his uh, play even more. There's no way he should have been playing that game. There's no way, I don't know, who cleared him. Uh, I read there's a, I forget the article said, I kind of wish I saved it. Uh, did I save it? I didn't save it, but um, but Teddy Bridgewater opens up about the uh, uh, scary situation. Um, so he uh, opened up. Sorry, he opened up a very situation after having concussion last year. Uh, he said he said scary. Uh, he said situation. Uh, that's a part of the game that sucks. It's fun to score touchdowns and make plays, but uh, it's on the uh, side of the game that really sucks. Uh, Bridgewater said there was a lot going through my mind after watching Tua get card off the field. He was able to temporarily put those uh, thoughts aside and help Miami take its first lead entering the fourth quarter. Three consecutive Bengals scores in the fourth quarter. However, 
Uh, looked at the home team, like I said, 27-51 over the Dolphins for the first time. So he said, I knew I just had to uh, snap out of it and try to lead this team to victory, said Bridgewater, who threw, one, who threw for 193 yards with the touchdown interception. Knowing that so many guys were counting on uh, not only myself, but just to go out and out there and finish the game and trying to get the win. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, they came, we came up short. Um so he said uh, his teammates received good news upon entering the locker room that uh, they were told that uh, Tua Tuglova was being discharged from the hospital. He said, you, got, uh, you, uh, you could see the guy's spirits lifted, uh, Bridgewater said. There was some great news, especially after the result of the game. It was great news. Uh, while he was uh, too hard off the field after suffering concussion, Bridgewater can speak on uh, as what was going through his mind when he was being hard off the field. He said, I can't answer that because I don't remember anything. I woke up at the hospital, he said. They said I woke up in the back of the truck, but I don't remember uh, anything until I got my CAT scan MR, uh, MRI. Um, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Teddy Bridgewater's uh, concussion, but that was another very scary situation. Um, let me pull it up real quick. All right, I got it right here. There. Means penalties. Tony, did you guys have a lot of penalties on those great defenses in Baltimore? Yeah, we did. We did. I mean, I don't know if we'd let the lead, but, uh, you know, you got to go after them. I mean, the cadences have changed since I played, and we had that great defenses. But, uh, I mean, teams going to a game with four, five, six different cadences. One for Joyner, where you wonder why. There was no doubt about it that Bridgewater was going to slide, and Mike Zimmer is hot, and you can't blame him. He is really hot. And you know what? You can't blame him. This is a dirty play. You see him starting his slide. You don't see Joyner totally pulling off. It's almost like at the end, he's trying to turn at the end, but it's too late. He's already launched. And when you see a quarterback going into the slide, everyone knows that's the universal pull-off, and LaMarcus Joyner did not. Um, but... The thing... Uh, see, if I was to... Uh, I, mean, I mean, they would have ran the ball. Because I, I don't think anyone's open. I just would have took off. I just would have took off with the ball. But, you know, I hope Tua's going to be okay. Um, but it's a shame on the Dolphins that they let him play. Because, like I said, I think last week was a concussion. I should never have been cleared to come back last week. Um, and I you know, I just I really think the Dolphins should be fine for uh, letting him play. So I kind of found this funny. I saw this on a CBS Sports. So uh, Tom Brady reveals one of the uh, one NFL play he lapped at uh, for 20 seconds after the first time it happened. Um, I think we all gonna know. I think we all know what it is. 
Well, years ago, we talked to Tom Moore, then at Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here, and then Madden Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people, forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. The good old butt fumble. That was That's going to be 10 years ago this November. That happened in 2012. That's crazy. That's been 10 years since that happened. Um... The butt fumble, man. That's fucking so funny. So, uh, so he said, being part of the uh, lore of the butt fumble, I was at the game, and the best part uh, uh, about it was I didn't see it live, Brady said. Uh, I really didn't know what happened, and I got back to my hotel that night. Uh, I stayed in New York that night. It was a Thursday night game, and I got to see my son the next day, who was living in New York at the time. It was about 12 o'clock. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a uh, Thanksgiving game. Yeah, it was a Thanksgiving game because it's a Thursday night game. Um, obviously, the fucking Thanksgiving is on Thursday, idiot. So, uh, so, so I got back to my hotel. I turned on one of the uh, networks, and they were uh, replaying the game. And I saw the butt fumble. Uh, butt fumble. Brady said, "And the first time I saw it, I laughed out loud to myself in a room." For- <laughs> by myself for about 20 seconds because I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life in sports. And the fact that our team was uh, uh, was because of it, I was on the sideline, and it still makes uh, one of the funniest things I've ever remembered in sports. Um, the reason why I know he brought this up because uh, the Dolphins punter punted the ball and hit his uh, own player's ass. I don't know. This is, this is risky. But fumble is going to be something that's going to be funny for years, years to come. And poor Mark Sanchez, because I'm sure Mark Sanchez saw this, um, saw, saw Tom Brady say this. I'm sure people bring it up to Mark Sanchez all the time. That's going to be play a blooper that's going to be playing for years and years to come. I still laugh about it, um, but yeah, I saw that article. I thought it'd be funny something to bring up. So the NFL is actually getting rid of the uh, Pro Bowl. It's going to be seven on seven flag football, which that's when the NFL in a few years the way of what they're doing to the game. Dodgeball or requ- uh, uh, plays required to attend, which that's what I don't like. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of players. I uh, go to the Pro Bowl and they don't play, but now they got uh, required to play, which is stupid. Um, so in addition to the uh, address from the uh, NFL and the uh, NFL player situation, the league has uh, spelled out the following. The Pro Bowl game will be de- uh, divided into two categories, skills competition, game day events. 
Uh, the skills competition will occur uh, the week of the games from Tuesday through Saturday and include non-football activities like dodgeball, a best catch competition, quarterback drills. Um, I like the quarterback drills, including uh, thread the uh, needle axery test. The game day events will include roughly three hours of seven-on-seven -seven flag football games without offensive defensive linemen. Uh, what? Oh, okay, I get it now. Uh, scores uh, from uh, scores from the both skills competition and game day events will be uh, compiled to determine the Pro Bowl uh, games champion. All players voted to the Pro Bowl will be invited by the NFL to participate in the specific competitions or games uh, dependent on the uh, position and skills set. Uh, each Pro Bowl team will uh, still cost uh, 44 play uh, consist of 44 players. Members of the uh, winning team receive 84,000, and members of the losing team will receive 42,000. I mean, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I really do. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I never watched the uh, Pro Bowl. Uh, if you want to get rid of the Pro Bowl and just have competitions, just get rid of the whole thing completely. Just don't do anything. Uh, I mean, you still can vote players to like an all-star kind of thing. Just don't have a game. But um, I think it's stupid that they get rid of the Pro Bowl and do something like this. If you can get rid of the Pro Bowl, just get, you know, just get rid of everything and just have like I don't know. I mean, to have something where players get voted to, I guess. I'm not making any sense right now, but I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I'm not going to watch this. I really never, like I said, I've really never watched the Pro Bowl, so I probably won't be uh, watching that either. Um, so I'm actually going back, uh, jump back a few stories. So a former Pro Bowl, I'm going to talk about the Patriots. I should have brought this up when I was talking about Mac Jones. Uh, so former uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver says Bill Belichick is on the hot seat after the Patriots 1-2 start. Um, on the latest installment of the NFL's Apparent Plus, uh, Brent Marshall uh, was discussing the Patriots' appointment start of the season. Marshall said losing Tom Brady can no longer be used as an excuse for the team's offensive struggles, and Belichick sh should be in jeopardy of losing his job. Uh, first of all, i got to disagree with um, Brandon Marshall on this one. When Tom Brady tours ACL in the beginning of the 2008 season, uh, the Patriots still went 11-5 without Tom Brady. Yes, I know that um, they had Randy Moss. And last year, without Tom Brady, they went 9-8. and eight. So right here, I'm disagreeing with him right off the bat. He said, Coach Belichick, uh, Coach Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they're 1-2, Marshall said. Tom Brady has been gone for three years. I'll, I'll say it. Do you, uh, do you not want to say it? Do you guys not want to say it? Coach Belichick, you're now on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. Nobody wants to say it. Uh, since winning Super Bowl 53, uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots have not gotten beyond the first round of the playoffs, and they missed the postseason in 2020. Belichick's record in the post-Brady uh, era currently stands at 18-18. and 18. Um, now, Like I say, it did lead the uh, Patriots to the playoffs last year, but they got their ass kicked by the uh, Bills. But, no, I mean, I know being 18-18 without uh, Tom Brady is huge, but at the same time, you know, Bill Palachuk did lead this did lead this Patriots team to a nine eight record last year, led them to the playoffs. And the year Tom Brady got hurt, he's still in the Patriots to eleven five record. I mean, is Bill Belichick on the hot seat? I mean, I I mean, I mean it's tough. I mean, the Senate one and two right now. They're playing the Packers tomorrow. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't say that Bill Palachuk is on the hot seat just yet. But let's say if this team is one one and five or one six one and seven, that's when you can say Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat just yet, but um, I gotta disagree with Brandon Marshall. I know 
there's been two times without Tom Brady that he led his team to the playoffs, and both times they had a winning record. But that 18-18 record jumps out me at jumps to me at I wouldn't mean the most without uh, without Tom Brady, but I think you no, know, I would not put Bill Belichick on the hot seat just yet. But I mean he's close to it, but I wouldn't put him on the hot seat just yet. But um, now we're just gonna see if Bill Belichick can turn this team around. Um, I mean, if the team misses the playoffs this year, and the Patriots bring him back next year, and it's another terrible start for the Patriots next season, that's when you can say Bill Belichick is in the hot seat. But I would not, I would not put Bill Belichick in the hot seat just yet. But um, no, Bill Belichick has to get this team going before no, it is too late. So I actually want to talk about uh, Jalen Hurts. So um, so it's an article on CBS Sports. Uh, Jalen Hurts by the numbers. So Jalen Hurts is off towards uh, Hurts, uh, you know, a good start. Uh, he's right now an MVP candidate. So um, most uh, most yards of uh, combined offense in Eagles history through the first three games. Jalen Hurts is number one, one thousand eighty three uh, this year. Michael Vick is uh, behind him at 1,119, Nick Foles, 1,012, 2014. Don McNabb, nine, uh, uh, 999, 2006. And Michael Vick again on uh, 986, 2012. Most uh, yards by total offense. Eagles history, first three games. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 1,057, 2022. Uh, Nick Foles, 965, 2014. Don McNabb. Uh, 960 2006. Don McNabb again 950 2005. Uh, Michael Vick 945 in 2013. Highest passer rating. Eagles history first uh, uh, first three games. Uh, Ronald Cunningham number one uh, 141.2. That was 1992. Don McNabb 122.0. That was 2004. The year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Ron Jaworski. Uh, 118.3 in 1980, and I believe the Eagles did the Super Bowl that year as well and played the uh, Raiders. Uh, Michael Vick, 110.2 2010. Bobby Thompson, um, was back in 1955, 107.3. And Jalen Hurts, uh, 106.5 2022. Most combined touchdowns in uh, Eagles history, first three games. So the first three is Don McNabb. Uh, he had 10 in 2004, obviously throwing to Trell Owens. Um, Again, Don McNabb, 10 in 2002. Don McNabb, 8 in 2001. Uh, Tommy Thompson, 8 in 1940. And Jalen Hurts, 7 in 2022. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Michael Vick, 2010, 2013. Norm Seaman, 967. Carson Wentz, 2019. And Norm Avram Barkley, 959. Had each seven combined touchdowns, first three games. Um, so Jalen Hurts considered, uh, cons uh, considered for the best uh, start by a quarterback in Eagles history due to his ability to pass and run the football first three games. This was separates Jalen Hurts from the pack that he's the only quarterback in team history to have 1,000 uh, totals of offense uh, through three games at 1,050 uh, 1, uh, yards of combined offense. Um, so even with the 50 pass attempts, uh, uh, sure hold Jalen Hurts, the first quarterback since Carson Wentz 2016 to have 100 pass uh, plus pass rating in the first three games. His uh, completion rate of 63.3% 60, uh, is fifth highest in Eagles history after three games, uh, while his yards per attempt 9.3 is fourth best trailing only Randall Cunningham, uh, Sonny Jurgensen, and Ron uh, Jaworski. Um, he, uh, Hurst also uh, has the most carries by Eagles quarterback uh, through the first three games, 37, and the fourth most rushing yards, 167. 
Interestingly enough, Jalen Hurts had um, more rushing yards through three games last year, 179. Uh, his uh, three rushing touchdowns are tied with uh, Adrian uh, Burke in 1953 for the most by an Eagle quarterback for the first three games. So also, now we're going to jump into the um, 2022 NFL leaders. So um, in passing yards, Josh Allen, 1,114, leads the league. Tua Tigalova, 925. Jalen Hurts is 916. So Jalen Hurts has a chance to um, leapfrog uh, Tua Tigalova. Then you got Justin Herbert, uh, 910. So Justin Herbert can also uh, leapfrog Jalen Hurts and Tua. And Joe Flacco, who's obviously back to bench. Uh, being on the bench for the Jets, 901. NFL uh, leaders, yards per temp. Jalen Hurts leads at 9.3. Uh, uh, Tua behind of 9.2. Lamar Jackson comes in at third place at 8.5. Mac Jones, 8.1. Ryan Tannehill, 8.1. NFL passing leaders, passer rating. Lamar Jackson, 119.4. Tua take a little over in second place, 117.8. Patrick Mahomes comes in at four at uh, 112.1. Josh Allen is in fourth place at 109.8. And uh, Jalen Hurts is in fifth place at 106.5. Um, then you got the NFL leaders combined offense. Uh, Josh Allen, 1,127. Uh, Jalen Hurts comes in at second place, 1,083. Lamar Jackson is in third place at uh, 992. Tua, uh, fourth place, uh, 926. Justin Herbert, 919. NFL uh, rushing QBs. Um, Lamar Jackson, uh, I mean, obviously he'll be leading. Uh, 243, uh, Jalen Hurts, 167, Daniel Jones, 125, Josh Allen, 113, and Justin Fields comes at 5th with uh, 95. And uh, rushing touchdowns, uh, Nick Chubb, 4, Jamal Williams, 4, Jalen Hurts, 3, uh, Kyle Herbert, 3, and James Robinson, 3. Um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's been balling, man. He really has. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally, finally becoming a Jalen Hurts fan. At first, I did not like Jalen Hurts. I couldn't stand Jalen Hurts. I was pissed off when they drafted him. Um, but, you know, I, I'm becoming a fan of Jalen Hurts now. You know, he's won me over. He led the Eagles to the playoffs last year. And I think he can do it again this year. Uh, now, sitting at 3-0, and a lot of people can say, oh, they played nobody. They played nobody. But, you know, this team's 3-0. They're playing well. I love the way they're playing. They got Jacksonville tomorrow. Um, speaking about Jacksonville... I'm actually going to do my picks for uh, tomorrow's games. Uh, Ryan sent me his, but my phone is not on me right now. Um, so, yeah. First game I'm going to talk about is a 9.30 game tomorrow in London. The Minnesota Vikings versus the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints um, have a lot of people not playing. Uh, Michael Thomas not playing. J uh, Javaris Landry might be out. Uh, Jameis Winston's out. Andy Dawson be taking over as wide uh, as quarterback as wide receiver. Um, I'm gonna have to go to say I'm gonna have to go with the Vikings in this one due to the fact that uh, just as injury the Saints have um, and Andy Dalton starting. Um, I gotta go with the Vikings. I mean Saints have too many injuries. Next game I'm gonna talk about is a game I'm really actually really looking forward to: the Bills versus the Ravens. Uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson are the two of the NFL's most impactful running quarterbacks. The Bills are twelve and three. Uh, that's over eight hundred when Josh Allen runs for over fifty yards, and the Ravens are sixteen and one. 
uh, when Lamar Jackson goes for 90 and more rushing yards. So this should be a really, really good game. I'm really looking forward to watching this game. Uh, all week, I'm going back and forth between these two games. I mean, um, do the Bills bounce back from last week's win? Can the uh, Ravens keep their momentum after beating the Patriots last week? Um, this is a tough game. This is a real, real tough game. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do here. Uh, I kind of want both of them to tie. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to have the Bills bounce back and uh, win this game. Um, it's going to be such a game. Next game, we got the Eagles and uh Jaguars. Doug Pearson returning to Philadelphia. He's the only court, uh, coach to lead the Eagles to the uh, to win a Super Bowl. Not lead the Eagles Super Bowl, but win a Super Bowl. Uh, this is gonna be a. I mean, look what the Jaguars did to the Eagles. I mean, look what the Jaguars did to the uh, Chargers last week. They blew them up, beat them thirty-eight to ten. I know there's no Keenan Allen. Chargers lost uh, uh, the couple players during the game. Justin Herbert wasn't one hundred percent. But no, this is this is gonna be a good game. I think it's going to be a real good game. Uh, but, you know, obviously I'm an Eagles fan. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. I know I'm biased. Next game, we got the Bears at 2-1. and one. The Bears are 2-1 and one versus the 2-1 and one Giants. We thought both these teams would be 2-1. and one. Um, I just think the way the Giants are playing this year, the way Shea, uh, Shaquan Barkley has been playing this year, and due to the fact that, you know, that I think that uh, – Bears offensive line is going to struggle in this game to protect uh, Ju Justin Fields. So with this game, I'm going to have the uh, Giants win this game and go into uh, three and one. Uh, next game we got the uh, Washington Commanders versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is another one. This is uh, this is another tough game. I know Carson Wentz is four and four against the Cowboys in his career. Uh, but he's coming off a game he was sacked nine times. The Cowboys enter uh, week three with an NFL best 11 sacks and have three players, Mark, um, uh, Mika Parsons, DeMarcus Lawrence, and uh, uh, Dorrance Armstrong with six sacks. Uh, i got to look at the Cowboys in this one. I think the uh, commander's offensive line is going to have a tough time controlling these three players. And I think you're going to see Carson Wentz get sacked. Uh, I'm going to go with ten times in this game. Um, Browns versus Falcons. Uh... I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. I mean, next game we got the Jets versus the Steelers. Both teams are one and two. Zach Wilson's making his first uh, start of the season. Um, the lack of the you know, Steelers' lack of experience against him, along with uh, his mobility to create challenges for defense, that has struggled to find its identity without TJ uh, Watts going to be big. Uh, even without T.J. Watt and Zach Wilson starting, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a little rusty coming to this game. So we got the Steelers running this game. Uh, Lions and Seahawks. Uh, Lions should have won last week. There's no reason why they should have lost that game. Um, but, you know, they're missing a lot of people. No, John J. Swift's not playing. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's not playing. Um... You know, TJ uh, Hawkinson missed practice. But still, even without you know, having not having DeAndre Swift, the Moss St. Brown, 
I'm still going to give this game to the Lions. Now, I've been in the Lions train mostly all season. And, um, no, the Lions are still letting me down. They let me down last week. They should have won that game last week. Titans-Colts. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going with the Colts in this one. No, Colts just beat the, um, just beat the, uh, Chiefs last week. And I think with that, when they beat in the Chiefs, I think that's going to give the, uh, Colts more momentum coming into this game. Uh, but you can't count the Titans out. Chargers-Texans. Texans looking for the first win this season. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think after last week's loss to the uh, to the Jaguars, I think the tight, I think the Chargers are going to come into this game with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to come to this game pissed off. I'm going to uh, have the Chargers win in this game. Cardinals Panthers. Put uh, the Cardinals last week. They lost. Didn't do too uh, too good last week. Uh, Panthers got the first win this season, beating. Um, being the Saints, but no, coming to this game, Baker Mayfield ranks 31st in the NFL completions uh, percentage, 51.9%. Uh, uh, that's been a big issue. Uh, his big issue has been poor footwork, and uh, due to the lack of trust in his full offensive line, that's allowed nine sacks. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals this one. I think the Cardinals are going to bounce back in this one. They definitely need this win. They're in a tough division. Um, I got the Cardinals winning in this game. Uh, Packers Patriots. I think just coming to this game, um, I just, I just really don't see Brian Horry be able to beat this Packers defense. I don't see this Patriots, see this Patriots be able to keep with this Packers team. But now the Patriots defense owns a uh, nine point three sack percent rate this season, which is third best in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers taking eight sacks in three games this season. So if you no know, the Packers, if the Patriots defense can get pressure on uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots have a chance in this game. They got a real chance to pull out this upset, but just not having Mac Jones in this game is going to be tough. And you no, know, Brian Hoyer versus this very, very good Packers defense. Um, it's going to be tough. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. I just think just not having uh, Mac Jones is going to be big coming to this game. Um, Broncos Raiders. I know Raiders need to win more than anything. No, a lot of people. I I mean, I had the Raiders, um, you know, going nine eight in their division, and right now it's not like that's going to happen. Uh, the Broncos are averaging fourteen point three points per game, second worst in the NFL. Uh, forty uh forty three uh total uh points in the first three games are uh they're fewer since um two thousand six. Uh. Just a way to know that the um, Broncos been playing this season. You no, know, I thought Nathaniel Hackett was going to be able to uh, lead this team much better than he is, and I thought you no, know, having Russell Wilson was going to lead this team into the um, lead this lead this team much better. I mean, I'm not saying he's doing bad, but just this Broncos team is. I mean, it has been somewhat of a disappointment. So I'm going to give the Raiders their first one of the season. Um, next game we got the. Uh, Tomorrow, Sunday night game, Chiefs Bucks rematch of the Super Bowl. So they're gonna have uh, Mike Evans back. Uh, Julio Jones will be back. Um, Chris Godwin might come back. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. Uh, the Chiefs are averaging twenty nine point three points per game. On the other side of the ball, the Chiefs I rebuilt the offensive line is uh, eagle to show uh, this wasn't the same group from the Super Bowl. Um, this is going to be tough. This is another game that's going back and forth between. Uh, 
I think last week loss against the Packers is going to motivate the Bucks coming to this game. Especially you know with the uh, players the Bucks are getting back. I'm going to give this game to the Bucks. The next game we got is a Rams 49ers. Uh, 49ers are sitting at one and two. You no, know, they need this win. They're another you no know, tough division. Um, this is tough. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is six and one. As a start against uh, the Rams, but his eight interceptions are the most thrown against any opponent. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is another tough one. I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers. You know, 49ers need this win. They need this win so they can uh, be able to stay. Uh, so they so they can be able to stay uh, competitive in this division. But anyways, now that's why we're going to talk about Aaron Judge ties Roger uh, Maris for the AL record of 61 home runs. And the 3-2. Joe deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61. He's been chasing history. And now he makes it. He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs, the most anybody has ever hit in a single season in American League history. So Maris hit 61 home runs in 1961, which is the most by any player at the time. Uh, Maris, uh, Mark, uh, stood as a record until National League's uh, slugger Simi Sosa and Mar uh, Mark Meyer both broke in 1998. Uh, Barry Barnes later toppled uh, both of them in 2001, hitting 73. Uh, so Aaron Judge's 22 campaign now sits uh, tied seventh for the all-time regular season home run list. So Barry Bonds 71, that's never gonna be broken. Mark McGuire 70, never gonna be broken. Sammy Sosa 66. Mark McGuire again 65. Sammy Sosa 64. Sammy Sosa again 63. Steroids and Aaron Judge 61. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean Aaron Judge did it. Uh, and this uh, next thing I'm gonna talk about is uh. Aaron Judge, you know, where will he land in free agency? Uh, so this is ranking the uh, 30 teams as potential land spots for uh, Aaron Judge. So uh, the uh, tire one, no way, no help. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, I don't see it. They're going through a rebuild. Oakland's going through a rebuild. I, I wouldn't see him going to any of these two teams. Marlins, uh, Kansas City, uh, the Rays. I mean, you never know about the Rays. Uh, Cincinnati, um then swing and a miss. I mean, the Tigers, another team that's rebuilding. Nationals, I don't see them going to Nationals. Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore. Uh, the way Baltimore, I wouldn't say Baltimore. Uh, you know, Baltimore this season impressed a lot of people. They unfortunately got limited from the playoffs. I was rooting for them to make the playoffs. Uh, the Brewers, Rockies, Angels. Uh, missing Element, uh, Tire 3. Uh, Dimebacks, White Sox. Uh, Minnesota Twins, Cleveland Guardians. Um, number 4, uh, on the warning track, uh, Philadelphia is coming at 15, Padres 14, uh, Seattle Mariners uh, tw uh, 12, Toronto Blue Jays coming at 11, Houston Astros 10, Atlanta Braves 9, Texas Rangers 8, Cardinals coming at 7, and the Cubs. Cubs have money they can spend at 6. Um, the Boston Red Sox coming at 5. Uh, we're skeptical of the uh, rank of the Red Sox. Uh, it's highly as well. Uh, Tyne Bloom has shown a uh, little willingness to spend and would uh, seem uh, odd to trade on Mookie Betts only to turn around if he went to his letter and sign Aaron Judge. Besides, they have to figure out what they're going to do with the uh, left side of their infield uh, and shortstop, Alexander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. 
Uh, so the top five favorites. Giants come at number five. Giants have the money they can spend. Um, Met Dodgers. I, I mean, I don't want to see the Dodgers sign him. And number one, obviously the Yankees. And I see Aaron Judge staying in New York. I see him staying with the Yankees. Um, but then again, I would not mind the Red Sox sign. But the only thing that worries me about Aaron Judge is, um, is no, he, he can't stay healthy. But no, congratulations to Aaron Judge in 61 home runs. What an amazing thing to see. So, uh, next thing we'll be about the Red Sox. Uh, no, what, what what went wrong for the Red Sox in 2022 and what's next and ahead of the uh, interrogating offseason in Boston? So, uh, it's pretty actually pretty weird ride for the Red Sox the last five seasons. Uh, so, 2008, 108 wins. Uh, most franchise history in World Series championship. In 2019, they missed the playoffs. Traded, traded Mookie Betts during the offseason. 2021, beat the Yankees in a wild card game. Uh, beat the Rays in ALDS, had a 2-1 lead in the ALCS, were six outs away from a 3-1 lead before blowing uh, Game 4 and losing Game 5 and 6 was the Astros. As for the season, the Red Sox started 10-19 and and looked like a bit uh, non-contender. Uh, then they kicked things into gear and took part of a uh, serious threat in the American League. Fast forward through uh, a win on June 26 in Cleveland. The Red Sox were 42-31, uh, and, and that was third in the Best AL record behind the Yankees and Astros. Of course, the Red Sox have been one of the worst teams in the league since 30-49. They went 10-19, then 32-12, and and then 30-49, and will likely finish a 22 campaign on the wrong side of 500. Um, you know, a lot of things went wrong. You know, Chris, you know, Chris Sale got hurt. Nathan Evaldi made 18. Neither Michael Walker nor Rich Hill will make the 30 starts. Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock end up bouncing between the rotation bullpen and injured list. Um, you know, obviously, Jay Martinez hits free agency. They won't bring back Isaiah Bogarts will be gone. Uh, this is going to be a very long couple years for the Red Sox. You know, I heard it on the 95 for the Sports Hub yesterday. Uh, the Red Sox last few games at Fenway only averaged below 30,000 fans, and you never see that. That's the lowest mark. Since John Harrison's taken over, and it's going to get worse for the Red Sox. It's going to get worse for this team. You no, know, no one's going. People want to go to the Red Sox games and see stars. And if you if you don't bring back Alexander Bogarts, obviously I'm not. They're not bringing back Jaden Martinez, which sucks. But I know he's getting to that point where he's going to decline as time goes on. And another thing is, they're not going to bring back uh, Rafael Devers. They're not going to give him the money. Chime Bloom does not want to spend the money. And Red Sox fans are noticing they don't want to spend money. Um, you know, the Red Sox, they have to go out. I mean, they're going to have to go and do something. Sign Aaron Judge. Sign Trey Turner. Go out and do something so you get these fans back. Because this attendance is going to dip more and more and more. No one's going to want to go see a bunch of no names. I mean, I I don't want to go see a guy at third baseman named Jackson Jones and a guy at first base named Billy Jones, Billy, Billy White. I mean, I don't like what's going on with the Red Sox. I don't like what the ownership is doing. It feels like the they don't really care about spending money anymore. I mean. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I just spent $240 million this offseason on this team. And this team sucked palm water. This team was terrible this season. 
and it's going to get worse. If you don't bring back, you know, Xander Bogarts, if you don't bring back Rafael Devers. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm watching uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss, and uh, Kentucky almost returned the kickoff. But anyway, this leads me to my next story. Uh, Alex Cora disappointed in 2022. We just didn't perform. Uh, disappointed, Cora said, according to Mass Lives, Christopher Smith. We felt like we had a good team coming into the uh, season, which didn't perform. We're very inconsistent in a lot of aspects of the game, and we just uh, got to get better. Uh, the Red Sox enter this season with uh, essentially the same core uh, players that won 92 games in 2021. Down years from several players, including Jaden Martinez and injuries, Trevor Story, Chris Sale were pro- problematic, and the team also didn't contri- uh, contribute in a number of uh, important cha- uh, categories. Um, the Red Sox ran ninth in uh, AL among AL clubs and fan graphs, opposite rating, and are the one of the worst uh, defensive teams in the league. Uh, so, uh, substantial results from the uh, team starting rotation, as well as the, uh, one of the uh, AL's worst bullpens, didn't help matters either. They gotta, gotta, gotta work on that bullpen this offseason. It's been a bit of a dramatic season. The Red Sox, for the Red Sox, after power players like uh, Christian Vacas and Kevin Pleckley were traded or released, reportedly causing confusion in the clubhouse and creating bitterness towards the front offense, front office. Um, no, uh, this article came up Monday, and the Red Sox were seventy-two and eighty. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know what they're at now. Um, so now they got to you know figure out contracts with Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. So uh, Bogarts gonna opt out of his contract at the end of the season, and you know Devers is uh, eligible for free agency in twenty twenty-four. And to be honest, I don't think, I don't think Rafael Devers would be a Red Sox by the beginning of the twenty twenty-three season. I think the Red Sox are going to trade him. I really think the Red Sox will trade him by the time the uh, the season starts, or they could trade him during, um, or they could trade him during the trade deadline next year. But I, I just I don't think Rafael Devers will be a Boston Red Sox by the end of next season, and it's a shame. Um, no, Red Sox were a team that. I just, it's just tough, you know, being a Red Sox fan, seeing what's going on, it sucks, and I, I, I don't know what they're doing, obviously they're trying to rebuild, they're trying to build that farm system, that's what Chime Bloom, Chime, Chime, whatever his name is, did in uh, Tampa Bay, now he's doing the same thing in Boston, and I, I don't want him to do that, you know, I want him to go and sign these players that can help this team get better, instead of, you know, doing it the way you want to do it, I mean, I know you're trying to help this team get better, but... You do it the wrong way. You're not going to bring back Bogart. You're not going to give that contract to Rafael Devers. You give a huge contract to Chris Sale, and look at Chris Sale. I mean, was he was he in charge when they gave that deal to Chris Sale? I can't. I don't know if he was or not. I don't think he was. You traded Mookie Betts. Anyways, I just I don't know what's going on in Boston. I really, really don't like it. Um, but anyways. Couple teams clinched the uh, playoffs. Astros clinch home field advantage to the ALCS. The Yankees get the number two seed. Um, so the Astros clinch the top seed in the American League. Uh, take home field advantage. Number one seed will face the winner of the uh, top two wildcard teams, the ALDS. The Astros won 100 games this season, season for the fourth time in the last six years. Houston made it to the World Series last season. Following six games to the uh, Braves. Meanwhile, the Yankees will face a winner of the wild card series between the uh, Guardians and number six seed. Um, 
also the uh, raise uh, raise uh, grab a wild card spot for the fourth season. Um, with the 7-3 victory over the Astros last night. And also, uh, the team I'm very, very happy about that made it. Also, Blue Jays made the playoffs, but another team made the playoffs, which uh, I'm really happy about. The Seattle Mariners finally, finally make the playoffs. 3-2 to count. The pitch from Acevedo. So this, this is the uh, Seattle's first playoff appearance since 2001. They eliminated the Orioles, which, like I said, I'm pretty bummed out about that. Uh, they currently sit behind the wildcard spot with the uh, six contests remaining on the schedule. The team's uh, one-and-a-half games behind Toronto Blue Jays for the number four seed in the playoffs, which would mean home field advantage in the opening round of, each, uh, of the postseason. Now, the Sacramento Kings have the longest drought in North America for sports. The team has been in the playoffs since 2006, and hopefully that can end for uh, them. Um, but anyways, so the playoff picture looks like this. The playoffs will start today. Uh, clinch spots, Dodgers clinch the NL West first round by home field adventure through the postseason. Astros clinch, like I said, I already read that. Mets clinch the playoffs berth. Braves clinch the playoff uh, berth. Uh, Yankees, uh, Guardians, uh, Cardinals, Blue Jays, uh, Mariners and Rays clinch a playoff spot. Um, so if the season ended today, the uh, like I said, the Yankees Astros will buy wild card series. Mariners at the Blue Jays, winner face number one. Rays at the Guardians, uh, out to the National League. Dodgers Mets get the buy. Padres at the Braves, winner faces number one. And Phillies at the Cardinals, winner faces the two. Um, anyways, guys, that's me. End of the podcast. If you guys made it this far, I truly, really tr- appreciate you guys listening. And if you didn't, thanks for listening for the five seconds you did. You guys are the best. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy football tomorrow. Whatever you guys want to do the rest of the weekend, you guys are the best. And you guys will be hearing me next Saturday. Oh, and take care and spike your hair. Woo, woo, woo. You know it.